Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. Good morning, Roseburg, First Christian Church. For you that are here, it's awesome to see you again, all masked up and like you're ready to run out and rob a stagecoach. And uh, for you online, thank you for being with us as well. And frankly, if you want to take a moment and get something to take notes on, even at home, maybe go and get some bread and some grape juice, because we're going to take communion later on. We want you to fellowship and worship with us as well. This has been fun for me already, I'll tell you. To see John Che from Korea, I remember when his dad, Wan Kwan Che, first came to the United States talking about preaching and starting the, uh, not only the children's home, but the college and everything else. And man, that guy could preach the back hinge off your church. He was such a dynamic preacher. I'm sure he still is. But to see John, to see discipleship in action, to see the next generation taking care of the kids and preaching the gospel is extremely exciting. Uh, in the video, we've had uh, other church plants go on, but we had Upward Church in Medford. We highlighted them because they sent us the uh, video all sped up so you could see how to set up church in a school. Now, things have changed since that video because we're not allowed in the schools because of COVID. And so, boy, I'll tell you, a lot of the church plants have really struggled but God has been blessing them beyond our wildest dreams. And I'll just mo- mention briefly the Medford Church plant, Upward Christian Church, um, was able to lease a facility that had been a very large um, fitness uh, center over by the Medford Airport. And they have their own facility now, leased, completely remodeled. And the, like you, you have your baptistry here. It's beautiful in wood, but you know, when you're in a leased warehouse type building. A lot of our churches are using horse troughs, which works for us because Sherry and I used to raise and break horses. So, you know, it's like going home again. Uh, Just, I don't have to chip the ice anymore. But uh, they were able to get, they actually came up to Sutherland to buy a large circular horse trough that's translucent. It's white and you can see through it. So they put LED lights in it. And I keep telling them, you know, when someone gets in, it should be like red color for the sin and the blood of Christ. And then it should turn blue. And they haven't taken me up on this, but I could just see many opportunities. They're doing extremely well. Thank you for your prayers for that church plant. Um, It is amazing what God has been doing. And I will just bring you greetings on behalf of about 20 of the churches that we've been working very closely with in coaching and mentoring even through this time of COVID, we have not seen this many baptisms in a one-year period around the state for decades. It has been crazy what God has done. I'm sure Satan meant for all of this to be for our destruction, and God said, watch this. And so it's great to see all of you here, and we have a great topic coming the next several weeks. You are in a a theme that is called From Neighborhoods to Nations. We have a, a, a primary text that we're going to spin off of each week, and that's in Acts, the first chapter, verse 8. And let me start with that, and then we're going to go back and get some context, and I'm really praying that I can bring this home. I love Oregon. I love being an Oregonian. 
in the least church state in the third largest unchurched nation in the world. This is a mission field, folks, and you're right smack dab in the middle of it, and we're going to start, we will talk about taking the gospel to the nations, but we're going to talk specifically today about taking the gospel here. I know Douglas County. I now live in Douglas County. I never thought I would say that as a kid growing up, but you know, I'm sorry, I grew up in Medford, then I pastored for 15 years in Grants Pass, but the last 18 we've been all over the state, and we now live, the last three years, four years now, uh, in Myrtle Creek. So we're your, your little sister town down the road. Uh, you can't miss us if, if you golf, because Sherry and I live on the way to the golf. You have to go, well, everything in Myrtle Creek is, you, have, you can't get there from here, never mind. <laughs> Let me read for you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he's speaking to the apostles, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Hold that thought, because those four places become very significant for us in this passage. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the entire world. I want to put this in context for you, and I'll do that briefly just by bringing you up to speed. The author of the book that we call Acts is Luke. We have the Gospel of Luke, and then we go, we have the book of Acts. I'm actually going to do something, just go back and read a few verses from right at the end of the Gospel of Luke, because I want you to really catch this so that we can apply it in our own homes, in our Jerusalem, and then go on from there. This is a what is the first memory verse, other than Jesus wept, that we probably memorized as kids? John 3.16, wouldn't it be? For most of us, many of us, it would be John 3.16. I have been pushing this for decades, that I think the second passage, now this would be a longer one, but folks, if we could memorize Luke 24, 44 through 48. Now that's a long passage, I'm going to read it for you, but if we could memorize that, it would solve a lot of confusion that people have how many times have you heard somebody say, well, the God of the New Testament is obviously so much different than the God of the Old Testament? No, he's not. God is God. He does not change, but there is a different covenant. He had a different covenant that he worked within. And, and, and it's, I'm so grateful, and so are you, that we are in a covenant of law, and not of law, but that of love and grace, rather than the covenant of law. And yet people keep wanting to go back and say, oh, woe is me. And I'm like, oh, hey, I've got something to be excited about and so do you. I've got a whole eternity of things to be excited about. Let me read this for you. And Jesus said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. You, you, you know what? Law of Moses, this is the old, the old covenant, must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand these scriptures. Oh, I wish he would have just stopped there. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> if he just opened their minds, if he, if he would just open our minds. Well, how did he open his minds? Well, you got to keep reading. I'm sorry, we are taking this in context. He opened their minds to understand these scriptures by saying to them, this is how he opened their minds. This is, this is what we do every time we teach every time we preach every time we share the gospel with someone we are opening their minds by saying to them 
Here it is. So it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these these things and behold, I'm sending the promise of the Father upon you, but you are to stay in Jerusalem. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That's how he concludes the Gospel of Luke. And I don't want you to be miss this. The book of Acts is written by Luke. Now, some of you are much younger than I am. For you that are my age, remember Batman TV series? <laughs> Stay tuned next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, or whatever they say. I kind of get this here. Luke brings us up to speed by repeating in the first part of Acts what had happened at the conclusion of uh, the book of Luke. He says, in my former book, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, we know what that is, his death, burial, and resurrection, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, While he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. See, we we heard that. We're just repeating it again. Make sure they get it. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak. I'm going to drop down to the verse we just mentioned earlier, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses again in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, I wanted to get that in context. I don't want to just lift one out and say, well, wasn't that nice for them? Wasn't that nice for the missionaries over there? This is a passage that should really drive home in our hearts. Because he talks about, well, let me just get, get the key thoughts here. Here they are. The entire Old Testament, everything written about Jesus in the Law of Moses, the Prophets and the Psalms, is fulfilled when he died and rose from the dead, that forgiveness of sins could be proclaimed. Boom! Now, I know we hear a lot of people talk about a lot of different things, and we get all these theologies and eschatologies, and I don't even know any bigger words than that, so I'll just stop there. But the bottom line is, we get all this stuff, but how many times does somebody say, well, what does your pastor say? What does your pastor say? i got news for you. I know the Christian church as well, and I know this brother well enough to know. We stand up, and we're just going to tell you, it doesn't matter what your pastor says. It matters what the Bible says. <laughs> it matters what Jesus said. And Jesus said, the old covenant is fulfilled, and here's a new one. To, between God and those who will believe and obey Jesus. Boom. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that. So we, we, we've got the gospel pre- presented. And then the apostles were told to wait until filled with power. And then he said, you will be my witnesses. Final point that I wanted to give before I dive in more further is he gave us a specific progression of the spread of the gospel. He didn't say, I want you to go to all the world, and when you got them all converted, come home and talk about me here. He started at home, and it is because Jesus died was buried and rose from the dead that repentance for the forgiveness of sins could be proclaimed. 
This is that new covenant that is open to you and me, but not just to us. To everyone. Everyone. I'm so proud of this church. You have had a significant missions impact. And as I get through here, I'll probably come back to this in a moment, but if you will notice, and I'm, I'm asking you to pay attention over the next four weeks, you will notice that we don't just talk about foreign missions. And we don't just talk about what's happening in Roseburg. You have your Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the rest of the world. And every one of those areas is represented in your missions giving. I believe that that's a rarity today, and I'm proud of you. You probably don't care that I'm proud of you. Probably rather Jesus would be proud. I think Jesus is proud of you, okay? So let's, let's get to the bigger point. Where do we start and where do we go? So let's talk about them and apply it to us. It started at Jerusalem. Jesus basically said the gospel, the progression of the gospel, is going to start here, at home. Now we know the story of the day of Pentecost and the preaching of Peter and, the, and how the disciples were able to interpret to everybody and everybody got to hear the gospel in their own language. It was incredible, but it started in Jerusalem. They did exactly what Jesus said. I'm going to come back to this in a moment. You can start, write your own sermon. Will you? I'm just talking. You write your own sermon. <laughs> Bottom line, we're going to be talking about the gospel in your home. I'll get back to that. But it started in Jerusalem. So we'll say that the gospel is going to start here. If you can't sell it at home, don't take your show out on the road. I, I, that's a loose paraphrase. But we got to make it work at home. And then we're going to go to Judea. Now, where's Judea? Well, that's around here. You know, okay, we have the town and then we have the country. But we could say Jerusalem was here. Judea is around here. And for the apostles, they were going to start preaching at home. And then it was going to spread to those that were nearby. They were going to spread it out. Now, if you know the culture there, we're talking to the Jews. It's going to start with God's chosen of the old covenant. And then it's going to, that covenant, the new covenant, is going to be open to everyone. But it had to start with the Jews. Okay, we got that. So you got here and then around here. And then notice what's next. It's near here, Samaria. Those that were familiar with the Old Covenant, but were never really allowed in. They, they, they would know the words. They had heard of a coming Messiah. They had heard some of the things. They were familiar. They just hadn't got in yet. Samaria. And that's where the gospel would go next. Remember, the, oh, you don't have to remember, I'll just tell you. Uh, Philip went down to Samaria, was preaching, and they believed and so he sent for Peter and John because the Holy Spirit was not yet available. They hadn't had this to the Samaritans. Peter and John came down to make sure the Holy Spirit was available to them. Powerful story of what went on then. So now the gospel has moved from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. Now where? Well, we've gone from here to around here to near here. Now we're going to go everywhere. Kicked it wide open to us, the Gentiles. The whole world, ta ethne in the original language, just means to every ethnic group everywhere, of which we are one. And so it went to everyone. And that story is great too, because Jesus, he had to get Peter's attention, because Peter, you got to cut those boys some slack as apostles. They were under an old covenant, and this is, it's 
trying to wrap their head around what Jesus was doing. It had to be difficult. But in essence, Jesus came to him in a dream and, remember, dropped a sheet down and said, here's all these animals, take, eat. And he said, I can't, they're unclean. And who are you to call unclean what I have made clean? And I want you to go to Gentiles. And then there's, somebody rang the doorbell, if they actually had doorbells. And he came down and he went to the house of Cornelius and preached the gospel. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on these Gentiles in such a way that it was obvious that the gospel was open to them. And then it just broke loose worldwide. Now, why am I hitting you with this? And here's where I want you to go with it. Yes, this actually happened in the Bible. The progression of the gospel is real. It was important, but it is now important for us to bring it home here. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. If we can't preach the gospel at home, it's really hard to convince somebody else, somewhere else, that it's important. So let us have this progression of the gospel. Right here in Roseburg, Douglas County, Oregon, the United States, and the world. Let us preach Jesus at home. And when I say at home, what do I mean? You know where you live? Where that front door is? Preach Jesus at home. Sometimes it's too hard. I'm tired. I don't want to live like Jesus there. I'm mad. I just want to watch TV. Well, I don't even want to do that anymore. Good night, nurse. Is that a phrase? That's a good phrase these days. Everything is so upside down, and we get home, and we get grumpy. Let's remember that Jesus is still Lord at 401 Southeast Neal Lane in Myrtle Creek. I don't know your address. <laughs> but he has to be alive and real in our home so that we can take him across the street to Georgia and to the neighbor that keeps throwing the dog residue over the fence into your yard. <laughs> Make up your own story. At home and then to our neighbors. And, and we get so spiritual when we talk about neighbors. Who, is my, who are my neighbors? They live next door to you for crying out loud. Live Jesus with them. Present the gospel there as well. And let this roll out to everyone we know. I, want to, I, I don't have all day to talk. Well, I could, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to... Here's the upside of being with the OCEF is we get to start new churches by the way, we just started one in Twin Falls, Idaho, and partnered with the CEA out of Washington. Eric Nielsen planted for us in McMinnville 18 years ago. Church is doing well. He's planted for us in Twin Falls, Idaho. So I, we're not going to change our name to the Oregon, Idaho, Washington, whatever. We're just still OCEF, but we're so excited to see another church get planted. But one of the other things that we do because you help us do it is we're helping struggling churches. We just partnered with Dayton Christian Church up by McMinnville. And in the three and a half months that I was working with them to help them find a, a pastor that would be a good fit for them and for that community, from the time I met with the elders until the time the preacher got there, by convincing them of their, no, I didn't have to convince them, by allowing the Holy Spirit to convince them of their responsibility to bring people to Jesus, that that isn't just about a preacher doing it, they had more baptisms in three and a half months than they'd had in the last seven years. Jesus is alive, and the gospel is moving forward. We're partnering with another church, probably. I can't tell you who, because they're in prayer about it today. By tomorrow, I should know uh, of the, another church that's saying, can you help? 
we will do anything we can to help every church that lifts up Jesus that we can. And we're seeing miracles. In the last 14 years that we've been doing these turnaround, we plant churches and do turnaround churches. We've had about 1,000 baptisms in our church plants in Oregon. We've had right at 1,000 baptisms in our turnaround churches, churches that were thinking of closing, splitting, or just ending. Hey, folks, that'd be a good time for an amen or a whoop, whoop, or something. There you go. People are coming to Jesus, and they're sharing Jesus with their friends. And I want to tell you, though, that there's something. We see a lot of churches closing. This, the church researchers recently said that it could be as low as four, but it could be six out of, what did he say, four out, of, four out of ten churches, I think was the number, four out of ten churches is going, will close in the next 18 months. That just, sound, that just rocked people's word, world to hear that. But i got to tell you, that's not an uncommon number for us in Oregon. Churches of all different kinds are closing on a regular basis. And we are saying, not on our watch. And so we've been able to help. And you've helped us help them. Praise God, we're seeing miracles there. But of the churches that have closed, I want you to know they have some things in common. This, this might hurt a little. So here we go. We notice that they have two things in common. They usually have a great children's program, and they have a phenomenal foreign missions budget. They have a phenomenal missions budget for overseas. But they forgot about Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Folks, this is not either or. And thank you to this church for not making it either or. We're either going to do Roseburg or we're going to do Korea. It's both and. It starts here, but it has to spread to the whole world. This is why you're here, to proclaim the gospel, that Jesus Christ really did live, he really did die, and he rose from the dead, that forgiveness of sins could be proclaimed. We are the missionaries for here. Yes, I'm thrilled to see John Che and to remember the history of his dad, and and I think of some of your other missionaries that I have prayed for. But folks... It starts in Roseburg or Salem Turner. Or, are you at uh, Sweet Home? <laughs> I, I knew if I hit enough towns, I'd, I'd find you. Wherever we are at, preach. When I say preach, I don't mean like this. Love people on Jesus' behalf. Let the Holy Spirit do his job and convict them. You be ready to tell them of Jesus. Right now, I'm going to close the sermon. So Daniel, if you could start wandering in this direction. I didn't have a good conclusion, sorry. I should have just said, the end. (laughs) You go preach your own sermon now, whether you're at home or whether you're right here. You preach your sermon. This gospel is real. This mission is real in your home, in your town, in our state where we desperately need Jesus, in our nation where we desperately need Jesus, and to the entire world. Thank you for being on the winning team, folks. Keep it up. Have a great month of missions. I'm proud of you guys. Thanks. Everybody say us and them. It's interesting because when we do this uh, emphasis for missions, we can get caught up thinking this is really good for them. They really need the gospel. They really 
should hear about Jesus. They should really come to Christ. And so, Bob, I appreciate you helping us understand what it means for us to live out the gospel. Titus had a word for believers who were saying us versus them. Titus chapter 3, you can write it down for later. Verse 3, he says, once we too were foolish. Say, I'm foolish. He says, we were foolish and disobedient. Say, Daniel, I'm disobedient. We were misled and become slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. And then everything changes in verse 4. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things which we have done, but according to his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so the gospel isn't just for them, it's for us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment of prayer as they prepare to lead us in worship. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Father, help us not to think of the gospel in terms of us versus them. Father, uh, we repent for that type of thinking. We repent for thinking that we have arrived, that we have come to the place where the gospel no longer is for us. And so it's a time for us to outsource the gospel to others. Father, help us to live the gospel here so that we can send the gospel there and help us to realize that the gospel is for us. With your heads bowed for just a moment, we're just going to let what Bob shared with us rest in our hearts for a moment. He said, if we cannot preach the gospel here, we have no business taking our show on the road. So let's start there this morning. What does it look like for you to preach and live the gospel at home? What would it look like for our families to be awakened to what the gospel means for us? Luke was really clear. He said, stay here until the Holy Spirit comes. And so I believe there's, there's moms and dads I should probably recommit to the gospel at home. If there's husbands and wives that should probably recommit to living the gospel at home. That love, joy, and peace would not be something that we send across the seas and missions, but that we should live in our homes today. Have Father, uh, that challenge is real, that challenge is strong. And so, Father, in this moment, I pray that we would recommit to what the gospel looks like at home so that we can continue the work of sending the gospel overseas and across streets and neighborhoods to nations, Lord. Thank you for the word that was preached today and let it find a resting spot in our hearts. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.